Welcome to the Juice of Baseball State of the Division for the NL Central. Your host, Clay Snowden, and co-host, Ethan Badowski. Ethan, how are you doing today? I am a distraught South Florida sports fan tonight. Clay, the Panthers lost with four seconds left, and the Heat got absolutely blown out in game two. I am all over the place looking for something to take my mind off of what happened tonight. Well, you know, each week we wear these hats of the NL NL Central. For those of you who do not know, because you probably shouldn't know, Ethan and I collect 47 brand hats, specifically the cleanup hats of every single MLB team. We talk about it all the time. He has on the Pirates Classic Black. I have on the Retro Red Stockings, Cincinnati Red Stockings hat tonight. Um, And we're actually going to start off with the Reds. But before that, I want to run through the standings. First place, Milwaukee Brewers are 24 and 14. Second place, the Cardinals, 20 and 18. Pirates coming in at third place, 16 and 21. Cubs, 15 and 21. Reds, 11 and 26. If you look at other divisions, you don't have a third place team at 16 and 21. This is just one of the worst divisions. Mm -hmm. And we are so happy that you're here today as listeners to hear all about it so we're going to jump in with the reds who have been on fire believe it or not the cincinnati reds are making a comeback in the standings let's go uh luis castillo he he returned from injury after a short rehab start in triple a um two main things here we're going to talk about the no hitter situation we're going to talk about connor overton Connor Overton, kind of a random guy, two starts this past week, 14 innings, two runs, only struck out three. It's probably not going to last, but it's a lot of fun, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Reds need something to get excited about, and they have had something to be excited about recently because they started 3-22, and 22, Clay. I mean, that's just, you know, when you start 3-22, and 22, what do you even say about a team like that? We didn't have anything to say about them except that they were on a historically bad pace. But now they've won seven of their last 10. Uh, they're actually eight and four since that start. Now they're sitting at 11 and 26, as you mentioned. But Overton, he's just getting the job done. I don't really understand how. I mean, he's got, like you mentioned, those three strikeouts, but they just need something to get them excited. Uh, Luis Castillo coming back will certainly help with that. Tyler Stevenson is playing really well. I mean, he's playing at an all-star level. I'm not sure he'll make the all-star team just because I feel like there are better catcher options in the NL that teams will, that, that the MLB will go with. But I mean, Clay, a guy that would probably end up being the Reds all-star this year, they're going to probably go with a bullpen arm and it's got to be Alexis Diaz. If you're talking about a guy that would be worthy 0.52 ERA, I know you're going to mention him every week because it's the one bright spot in the Reds right now. So talk to me about what you see from him. Yeah, he he's a rookie and I was really high on him coming into the year and he's done nothing but impress. And um, I think he has like 21 strikeouts and I don't remember the exact amount of innings, but um, has just been a really impressive bullpen arm. And I just think he's going to continue to earn high, high leverage, um, spots throughout the season but before we move on for the reds they lost in a game in which they threw no hits through eight innings it's not a no hitter um hunter green pulled after 118 pitches he did walk five and including his last two before he got pulled so i don't disagree with the decision ethan 
What the hell do you make of that? I, I don't even understand how it happened. I was like out that day. I couldn't really see what was happening, but I know that the run came across on a fielder's choice. I just don't understand how you can possibly. I mean, you know, I watched the Marlins almost do it in 2013, and that was an absolutely terrible team on the last day of the season. I remember Henderson Alvarez throwing a no-hitter, standing on deck while a wild pitch gets away and a run comes in to score. It's reminiscent of that, except that the team loses. It's just a telltale sign of what the Cincinnati Reds are this year, man. I mean, they just... In the same way that like a team like the Mets right now is finding ways to win, the Reds are just kind of finding ways to lose. Uh, and losing while you throw a no-hitter is an epic <laughs> way to lose. But, I mean, it is right now, you know, one of their three losses or whatever in 10 games, so you can't be too harsh on them because they are playing relatively good ball. And you have to give them some credit, Clay, because any team can just lay down and after going three and 22 and just give up and not play even a good stretch of baseball. But the fact that they're playing a good yeah. stretch of baseball is encouraging for them. But a team that is actually surprisingly playing a good stretch of baseball as well, team that we've been down on uh, is, is the Cubbies. And, and actually I didn't even realize that they've won four of their last six. Well, they lost tonight. So actually they're 15 and 22 now. But they took two of three from the D-backs out in Arizona and two of three from the Pirates. And yet it just feels like this team isn't any good. They haven't been playing very good baseball. They trailed in a lot of those games to the Pirates. Um, a guy that came through for them is the rookie Christopher Morell. Uh, he got called up and went yard in his first at-bat. And I think it actually helped the Cubs win that game. Yeah. Uh, Seiya Suzuki getting a little bit better. He, he got into a slump. He had three doubles this week and five hits starting to get things going. He's obviously going to be their best hitter this year. Um, but a guy that we want to talk about in this segment about the Cubs is Ian Happ. And obviously there's a very obvious trade candidate on this team in Wilson Contreras. Contreras is playing as good as any catcher in the National League right now. But maybe a less obvious one might be Ian Happ. And I'm curious, Clay, if you're the Cubs, you know, what do you do with Happ? He's been great. He's, he, he's doing it a little bit more from both sides of the plate this year. He hit a home run from the right side of the plate the other night. Just what do you like about what you see from Hap and, and what do you think the Cubs could possibly haul for him? Yeah. I don't know if they will trade him or not. Um, I think he would get like a sneaky good haul. Um, kind of an underrated switch hitter. Um, when healthy has been productive and he's played like second base some um, in his career. I don't really see that as as much of an option going forward. More of a corner outfielder or he's a center. DH. He's played a lot of center. Yeah. Yeah, he's had to play a lot of center for the Cubs. And um, I think he would get a good haul. I think he's about 27 years old, so still plenty of prime left. Now, you could also say, and I wouldn't argue, the Cubs just say, well, no, we want to keep him and sign him up. It really just depends on which direction the Cubs – are headed towards as the season continues and um, as they peep into their future. But one thing that's really going to help decide where the season is going is the starting pitching. And the issue with mm -hmm. this team is they haven't put together the offense and the pitching in the same week. Mm -hmm. One's good. One's bad. It, you know, teeters back and forth, but Wade Miley's seven innings of one hit ball this week. Um, Justin Steele had a good start. Kyle Hendricks is, you, you know, you he is what you about to expect from him. 
Um, but talk to me about your favorite guy, Keegan Thompson. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that Cubs fans love. I know my buddies uh, up in Chicago really love this guy because they love his versatility. So he's able to he, he started the year coming out of the pen and was extremely effective coming out of the pen, going long relief, going two, three innings at a time. And finally, the Cubs just said, fuck it. Let's just put him in the rotation. And it's working so far. I mean, he's got a one uh, four one ERA this year, 7.59 K per nine. Um Definitely like what you see from him. He's got a nasty mix and he's just a weapon that the Cubs can use in multiple different spots, like I said. But right now it's working in the pen. So keep or, or uh, in the rotation. So I think it's worth just keeping him there and letting him go out there and keep firing because, you know, with Marcus Stroman struggling and Drew Smiley up and down and Wade Miley, you know, having a tough first start. I mean, you know, Last time out, five innings, no runs, five strikeouts. He's gone four. He, he hasn't gone more than five this year. So I think they got to start stretching him out a little bit because he can be really effective as a starter. Uh, but if it doesn't work in the rotation, it's worked out of the bullpen in long relief. And he's been really effective for them coming up with some big innings. But right now, I mean, they need all the help they can get in the starting rotation. I had no idea what they were going to do with the starting rotation before the season. Thompson was good last year. Like what do we saw from him last year? Uh, and so far it's working out in the rotation this year, which I, I think they just got to keep going to him. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. But as, as we move on to your hat of the day, the Pittsburgh Pirates, I'm just going to run through some of these notes um, because I want to talk about the thing that I mentioned last. That's where I want to focus our time on. Just a few notes. Um, they split with the Reds, lost two or three to the Cubs. The offense this week for the Pirates was about as bad as it can get. Eight play. And I, okay, I'm talking batting average in a one week, you know, sample here, which isn't great, but this is just to help paint the picture. Eight players with 15 or more at bats batted under 200. Could not get any, anything going. Brian Reynolds, I thought he was heating up. It looks like he's struggling again. Three for 21 with three singles on the week. Time to DFA Yoshi. Get the guy out of town. I don't need a 31-year-old or whatever he is taking at-bats from any prospects if I'm a Pirates fan. Um, Mitch Keller, not good. JT Broodbaker, not good. Zach Thompson has a chance. But the main thing I want to talk about here is Jose Quintana. The vet came over to kind of lead this young staff um, and really just take over a great opportunity to potentially get moved at the deadline. And so far, 2.19 ERA. What do you think? I proposed this in our group chat today. What do you think of a like Jose Quintana and David Bednar to the twins? Or yeah. you know, packaging those two, you get a you get a vet starter who is not expensive, who you can get out of, you know, you just on a one-year deal. And David Bednar, an elite closer, who's been going two innings. They've been doing this bullpen thing, and he's been doing two out saves. Talk to me about those two. Yeah, Quintana, I mean, I think I mentioned it on the first pod. I had no idea Quintana was on the Pirates <laughs> until, until I started doing the NL Central preview for us this year, and I looked at the rotation. I was like, okay, who are they possibly going to have throwing the ball? And it turned out that Jose Quintana made his way there. Um, but he has been really solid for them. And, I mean, you know, following him on the Cubs, like up and down, but he always had those really good starts. He was an elite starter in the league. 
it feels like not very long ago. So we know there's talent there with Quintana. He's just kind of put it together again this year. Hopefully that lasts for the Pirates because, like you said, they can probably get a pretty good deal for him at the deadline. One, a team that will be hungry for starting pitching, as teams always are, uh, will be looking for Quintana. The Twins, like you said, would be a great option. They need pitching, especially after Chris Paddock went down. Bednar's an interesting one to me, Clay, because as we were talking about before the show, he's getting a lot of work in. And if I'm the Pirates, I might start easing up on how much work that guy's getting because you yeah. don't want to tax him for a team. But you don't want to tax him before July 31st and all of a sudden his trade value goes through the floor and you can't get anything for him. And either you you sell low or you got to keep him for another year. And with bullpen arms, that can always be risky because they're so volatile. I say he, he he's had great work this year. He's done great work this year. Obviously he's been, you know, a, a good closer for them, but kind of trying, I would try and cut back on the work, give him one inning a night instead of two innings, because I just don't think that putting such a heavy load on him is going to end up good for his trade prospects because eventually teams are going to say, no, I'm not trading. You know, I'm not going to sell real, sell really high on this guy uh, or buy really high on this guy. Excuse me you know, if he's going to run out of gas at the end of the year. Yeah, no, that that's a great point. As we move on to St. Louis, where, as everyone knows, Albert Pujols pitched this week. Um, the Cardinals went ahead and took two or three from the Giants, lost three or four to the Mets in a good series. That was Some a good close series. game, good game today. There. Really good game today. Just, I mean, I had so much fun watching that series, and the Cardinals held their own, even though they dropped three or four. Like, they weren't embarrassed in any way they held their own with in my opinion the top two a top two team in the MLB Um, and not just that Clay they they also played well against I mean they took two or three from the Giants which now they've taken uh four or seven from them on the year I believe that's a good you know the Giants are probably one of the best four teams in the National League you would say top three team in the National League um you know they've gotten hot again since those their guys came off the COVID IL, so they're they're playing good ball coming into that season series with Saint, uh, with St. Louis, and we said on the last show that this was going to be a huge week for St. Louis to prove themselves against some of the better teams. I still think this team is really good, and I still think they're going to get hot. But I mean, um, one thing that we sorry, one thing that they have to get straightened out. I don't know why I paused there. One thing that they got to get straightened out is uh, the middle infield, Clay. And this is something that you've written about. This is something you talked about last week. So, you know, Edmund's starting to slow down a little bit. Talk to me about what you've seen from their middle infield as they kind of slow down. Yeah, so Edmundo Sosa has a fun slash line this past week. He had, He's kind of moved into a starting role. They're kind of rotating a few different players in there right now. 313, 313, 313 for Edmundo Sosa. I, I, I just love that. With Edmund slowing down, I think the Pirate, or excuse me, the Cardinals are realizing the urgency and realizing that this is a team that's that could could be special with a few moves and a little bit of luck. Um, and they made a big roster move this week. I yeah. think it was actually today. Yeah. Um, Nolan to, today being Thursday, Nolan Gorman brought up and Matthew Li- Liberto. Liberto. Uh, 
Libertor. I told you before we'll get, the show. We'll I'm get you. We'll get, we'll get it right. We'll get it right. I literally <laughs> can't say it. Like, I have to pause and think so hard to try not to mess it up every single time. Either way, um, Gorman will play second or third DH. Um, a power bat has trouble a little bit catching up to speed. Um, probably going to be some swing and miss in that game. And Matthew Libertor, thank you, is a is is a big lefty. I've only watched one of his games ever in the minors, and it was his first start this year. So I I really cannot tell you too much about him. But we know that they need pitching help. They're bringing up two of their top prospects. They're gonna. I think their strategy here is let's bring these guys up, see if they can play right now and evaluate until closer to the deadline to know what we have to get. If these guys can play, yeah, you know, they brought up a starting pitcher, something they need, and a middle infielder, well, a second baseman, something that they could need slash shortstop. If one of those holes could be filled, that's just one less thing that you yeah. have to get yeah. at the deadline, and, right? And, Gor- and Gorman, I'll just give you run through the numbers here. Gorman, 170 weighted runs created plus in AAA this year. So clearly he looks like a guy who's ready. He's only had one stint in the minors where he was under 100 weighted runs created plus, actually under 106 weighted runs created plus. That was in 2018 in A ball. He had 97 weighted runs created plus in 25 games. This guy can hit. There's a huge concern though, Clay. He struck out 34% of the time in AAA this year. But it does look like a bit of an outlier. I can't really tell because last year he struck out 19.2% of the time, but he did have a 36% strikeout rate in that year. He had 97 weighted runs career plus in high A. So it's yeah. a little bit all over the place. It's hard to tell whether he's going to be a high strikeout guy or not, but you have to imagine that at first, at least, there's going to be a lot of swing and miss. And then Libertor, as, as hyped up as he's been, He's never had great numbers, really, except for eight starts in rookie ball in 2018 when he was in Tampa's organization. Um, He's got a 3.83 ERA this year. He had a 4.04 ERA last year, both in AAA. He never pitched at at double-A ball. He went straight from high-A ball to triple-A ball after the pandemic. It, there's just not a lot of production here and it's just not super promising, but I know that he's really hyped up as one of the better pitching prospects. You know, I think just baseball has him ranked 77 overall. So, you know, he's a big time left-handed pitching prospect and there's a lot of hype around him and we kind of got to move on from the Cardinals, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little bit like, you know, is he really ready for this yet? And in the minor league production production is a little bit concerning. The one thing I'll say with the Cardinals is if Gorman doesn't work out and then we'll move on right after this, watch out for Xander Bogarts at the deadline. That's all I'm going to say. I wrote that in the yep. article yep. a few weeks ago. I've been patting myself on the back. I wrote watch it out and I thought it. I literally put parentheses unlikely because I did not want someone to like come at me. Like this is so dumb. That will never happen. Um, Cause I just thought it was a fun idea. I, I didn't think it was like that accurate. It makes so much sense. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And that's a team that can extend him as well. Moving on to the Brewers. We're running low on time. So our, um, I'll go ahead and say it. Ethan and I are not Brewers fans. Probably the team that we want to cheer for the least out of these teams. So we, we, you know, we don't care to do 45 seconds on them. Quick run through. Took two or three from the Marlins. Ethan's Marlins, that is. 
and two of three from the Braves. Another impressive week. They're not the sexiest team out there. The lineup has produced enough offense. Um, I know that you and I are not believers. They put up two seven-run games, and then they had a, a few duds, three and three or less runs. Um, Keiston Herrera, right? Keston Herrera, yep. Yeah. Hit the walk-off home run against the Braves. I guess that was on Wednesday, wasn't it? Yeah. Tuesday? Mm -hmm. No, that was Wednesday. It was an afternooner. Okay. Um, Devin Williams is looking better. He had a rough start to the season. If he can get back and shorten games with Josh Mm -hmm. Hader, I mean. Well, the – I'll say this, Clay. They had the shortest game I've ever seen the other night when Corbin Burns went uh, – no, it was Freddie Peralta, sorry, went seven innings, seven shutout innings, and then they handed the ball off to Devin Williams and Josh Hader. And in the eighth, uh, one, two, three inning for Williams, three strikeouts. In the ninth, one, two, three inning for Hader, three strikeouts. So they pitched two perfect innings with six strikeouts. That is the kind of stuff that the Brewers do to you where they get a one, 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 nothing, two, nothing, three, nothing lead, whatever it may be. And you can't score on them because they give it off to those guys at the end of the pen. The concern for me is even though they did take two of three from the Braves and the Marlins, neither of those series wins were super impressive, Clay. And I just think that, yeah, they might end up winning the NL Central. But I just don't see them as a real threat in the playoffs. We can get to that come later. But yeah. they're just they're just so, not safe. Some never save some hate, Ethan. They're never super impressive to me, Clay. I don't know. I ask all the time how this team is good. Maybe we'll figure it out eventually. But at the end of the day, I'm just gonna have to accept that right now they're a good baseball team. They find ways to win games. And Peralta looks better. Burns, you know, got roughed up a little bit the other day against Atlanta, but they ended up winning that game anyway. It is what it is. They win games. They just win games. Yeah, well, we kind of stumbled through the Brewers there in the beginning. Sorry about that. But we have to go ahead and wrap up this week's NL State of the Division. Before we do, I want to tell you about the upcoming games. The Reds go to Toronto for four games, tough series, even though Toronto's not hitting. Um, And then home versus the Cubs. Cubs have D-backs for four games. And then the Reds, Cardinals at Pirates, and then two versus the Blue Jays. Brewers, home versus Washington at Padres. Good or bad team first, good team second. Pirates, home versus versus Cardinals and the Rockies. That's going to do it for us with the NL State of the Division, and we are out.